This episode is sponsored by Career Coach Me, offering you career coaching, CV writing and interview skills, coaching for companies, startup and small business consultancy. Whether you're going for a career transition, thinking of a new industry, or maybe you want to upskill, their qualified coaches are on hand waiting to coach you to self-discovery. Why not check out www.careercoachme.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Ask the Coach. I am your host, Sharisha, and I am a career coach by profession. These episodes are dedicated to giving you tips and advice by answering your career-related questions. So for a chance to get involved in any up-and-coming episodes of Ask the Coach, all you have to do is pop over to my Instagram, at itccpodcast, and drop me a voice note. Or you can go over to the Anchor app and you can record a voice note there also. So today we are going to be talking about insurances, which I think is a very timely and important topic, especially in the climate that we're currently all in. So I would like to welcome an expert in the field today who's going to be helping me answer your questions. So could you just introduce who you are and what you do? So my name is Filipina Premper and I'm the founder of Miss Money Matters. I am a financial consultant with a specialist field within insurances. Excellent. So for you, has this been a very like crucial part of your career, especially during the pandemic? Have you noticed like more people have decided to seek your advice and your services? Yes, I definitely say a lot more people are paying attention Mm -hmm. because there's a lot more evidence of reasons to have it. You know, there's a lot more real life examples and if not for the pandemic, people would sort of fob it off. It's one of those things, you know, we don't want to think about, but more and people are kind of knowing somebody affected by health issues or even bereavement. It is something that is quite, you know, prevalent at the moment. Yeah. I think even for myself, it's definitely um, something that I've had to look into more now because of the pandemic. I would also admit that like, you know, unless it's always funny that you insure your car, insure your gadgets, but then it's like insuring yourself for a lot of us kind of comes at times of crisis. And I think even when I think of growing up, although I saw my grandma, she had like, I think it was Sun Life or something at the time she had that kind of insurance, but it was never like a conversation where, oh, you know, it's important for you even if you're because I think we associate insurances with as you're getting older because you see you see as you know health might deteriorate and stuff like that but when you're in your 20s I think you don't think about those things but it's important to think about these things because again you don't know what can happen and when it's going to happen so it's not like kind of reacting to a crisis I think it's about preparation before that actually comes about As you know, people send in questions and we've got a couple of questions today for you. So the first question that we have today. Hi, Sharisha. Since the pandemic, I've been thinking about what type of insurance products are available for people like myself that are self-employed and also um, in terms of health as well. Thanks. Okay, so for a gentleman who is self-employed or for anybody who is self-employed, one of my core products, I would say, is income protection. Income protection is a guaranteed income should you become ill or injured. So off work, where you're off work, for example, let me just give you an example. So say somebody's um, injured themselves, literally back pain or falling down the stairs and they just can't go into work. So there's going to be a period of time 
for someone who is employed that your employee will have your back and cover you. It's called statutory sick pay. So after a certain period of time, it could be 13 weeks, it could be 26, it could be even four, the company will not continue to pay you, even at a pro rata. But if you're in, if you're self-employed, it's really important you have income protection because you are the person responsible for all of these incomes yourself. You are your own asset. You are your own biggest entity. Yeah. So have you know there's got to be some kind of thought process around okay so if I am not here because I am ill and these things do happen or I am injured does the income stop entirely mm-hmm. most likely yes do the bills continue to run yes you know so the income protection will now come in to give you up to 70 percent sometimes 80 percent of what your monthly average income would have been if you was working okay and in regards to that as well, if you're self-employed and then you decide to put yourself on furlough, for instance, right now, can you still get a payment from your income protection insurance or no? So there's a common misconception with income protection. Income protection is health-oriented income. Okay. So it's basically an income that pays out should you become ill or injured it's not about redundancies it's not about furlough no mm-hmm. it's about your you you being your own biggest assets your organization and not being able to get up go to work or mentally function because of something that's happened to your to your health yeah right so that's the biggest misconception it doesn't it doesn't fill the gap for any kind of oh you know what companies go in a bit you know we're, we're out of money here and we cannot keep you on board or we're doing furlough or anything like that it's not to cover those things okay. no and it's to cover your health should you not be able to work to tide you over so for if for people who are self-employed it's equal it's so much more important for them because if you are running your own business let's just say you're a virtual assistant for example and you can't get up and do the services for your client because you're injured or you're ill, then you, this income protection will pay you an income so that you can keep up with the bills and, you know, the responsibilities of children, perhaps, and, you know, the contribution to the home. Okay. And so, but you can take out income um, protection, even if you're employed, like you're not self-employed. Okay. Yes. Yes. So you could do it to tide over, because like I said before, like a colleague of mine, um, like there's ongoing issues maybe with her health. I, back in back in the day when I used to work in the bank, I had a colleague of mine that was off for long periods of time for endometriosis. It's just ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. But they, they, I mean, she was she was supported by the bank, mm-hmm. the people that she worked for. But at a certain point, they couldn't do it anymore. So wherever that cutoff line is, is where your income protection would now continue to give you and provide you a payout on a monthly basis okay so in regards to like the time frame is it a thing where someone will come and assess like what your illness is and so forth because if you're obviously off for over a year or a year or something is there a cap on how long that this income protection can pay you right right so at the time of application you will decide i mean i can quote you for both types so there's the full term income protection policy and then there's a two-year term okay some policy some providers even provide a a five-year term but usually let's just say the insurance providers have realized that two years at most is enough for someone who's either been ill or injured to get back into recovery and back into the workplace Mm -hmm. so there's the two-year policy which 
it is capped at two years. So whatever the injury is, whatever the illnesses are, they'll pay you for a maximum of two years. Okay. And then there's the income protection policy, which offers you the like the full term. So even if golf bid, you never end up getting back into work. You get that income coming in. Yeah, you that, know, that makes sense. for however long it could be five years seven ten for however long okay and in regards to like the price then of these kind of things has that yes. changed obviously because of the pandemic like has the premiums um, gone up would you, would you I say? say prices have prices will always change mm-hmm. because no one person has a fixed amount do you see it so let's just say uh, policies are bespoke so they're they're um they're benchmarked against factors such as your age your health whether you've got clean health which means no conditions okay. not even asthma not a cough nothing you're just fine and then there's those who have conditions maybe a bit diabetes or asthma or i don't know endometriosis and also your bmi so what your weight is against your height if you're overweight that would be um that may ha- that will have an effect mm-hmm. on the on the premiums so yeah so no there's not a one price fits all it's tailored mm-hmm. so when i do a consultation with a client that's when after taking that information i can realize that okay this is what this is what the provider is willing to charge as a risk for for them ensuring that yeah. if that worst case scenario was to take place, they would pay you out on a monthly basis. Okay. Yeah. And when you do the and consul- it's also may I say sorry, it's also like benchmarked against inflation. So everybody um, online, even if you're buying an airline ticket, had their prices are are benchmarked against the retail price index, and that's also benchmarked against inflation. So. Even if you have like a a contract with a phone company, for example, you find that it goes up every year, maybe by about 36p because of the retail price index. So somebody who does it takes out a policy today, it may be a lot more cheaper than if they do it next year or two years time and all of that, all because of the little inflation in place. Yeah, that makes sense. So in regards to you saying that you do a consultation... Does the client then provide you those kind of information? So like their weights and stuff, or is this assessed like privately by an expert? No. So I'm the one that's taking all those key information. Okay. So when I have a consultation, obviously it's under data protection because I am regulated by the FCA, which is the Financial Conduct Authority. So I expect my clients to understand that it is quite doing an insurance policy is quite intrusive. I need to know your health from head to toe. Like it underpins everything. If we're not transparent at that stage of doing the health questions, then that could be an issue in future because um, providers have the right to contact your GP to um, confirm that everything is as it says on the policy Mm -hmm. so if you're saying you've got clean health but then you you know you forgot to tell us you have um you had a stroke last year for example then that would be something that the provider would need to know so what they do is they do often double check with your gp in order to make sure that what is on paper tallies with what is really on record and on the nhs system okay that makes sense that makes sense so, so we've got another question as well. Hi, Sharisha. As a working mother, what kind of insurances can I put in place to protect me and my children? Okay. As a working mum, just like me. Mm-hmm. Right. So first and foremost, as a mother, I know that most mums, everything we do is for the betterment of our children and um, to provide a bright future for them. So 
And the thing is, you know, you know that it's all in sort of your hands whilst you're alive. But what happens when you're not here? Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's where life insurance comes into play. So it's something that you'd set up as a mum for your dependents or your spouse. Some people even do it for their parents. But let's stick to the mum situation here. And uh, yeah, so it would be life insurance that she would want to do for um, her children, Mm -hmm. potentially making them trust fund babies because it would be great to do a trust. We'll probably talk about that later. But yeah, so a life insurance policy is not something that the mother will see during her lifetime. It's strictly for your loved ones, for the beneficiary. Okay, so anyone obviously can do life insurance and then... What does that then cover? Is that funeral costs? Like, is there a payout? Like, how does it work? Um, it depends on the amounts. So some people wrap it around the mortgage. For example, I could have like, let's just say two, 250K mortgage left. And I want to possibly do maybe 300, 300K yeah. worth of life insurance. Yeah, I remember my mortgage is 250. So if anything happens to me, that mortgage is paid off okay. the payout. And I've also done a trust policy, which is an instruction, like a mini will to confirm that I want 50K for my children. I may have two, so I'd split it 25, 25. Mm-hmm. And that could just go to, and, they, and they're, they're only allowed to touch that when they're 18, for example. Yeah. It would be like, you know, I would assign trustees to it and I'll tell them, look, when they're 18, please pay them out. They're 25, 25 each. It could be a nice buffer a nice starter to get on the property ladder yeah. it could be a general nice um amount to i don't know pay off university fees the trustee depending on what the situation may be obviously if there's surplus um if there's costs involved with sort of the mother being bereaved the trustee has the right to use those funds to cater for the costs okay. of okay yeah so yeah so it depends on i guess like the different factors in terms of like the payout amount and so forth yeah and, yeah and with these ins- you can get funeral care which is not life insurance okay and funeral care strictly for funeral care okay. you know um it's a service i offer but it's not one of the core but i can also offer it as well okay. um and then you get um whole of life which is usually for older people past the age of 60 you know i think you mentioned your grandmother having son life like yeah. that possibly was a whole of life policy so that is guaranteed payout yeah i say that's guaranteed because a whole of life policy covers the whole of life some people don't realize that life insurance has an end date to it so usually well the maximum age on a life insurance policy plan is 90 so if you outlive 90 there is no payout wow yeah, yeah. That, that's actually quite interesting because yeah there is a misconception <laughs> around that that you pay for it and then it's like whenever you know you're not here anymore then you just automatically get um a payout but the um cost of the whole of life insurance is not cheap anymore because um i've obviously looked into it recently myself and the premiums are a lot higher than you know if you set a kind of age limit that's interesting sharisha you do that i don't advise anybody who's under the age of 50 55 Mm -hmm. to do a whole of life because it's ridiculously expensive yeah the reason why is because the providers obviously know that they're going to have to pay out on that amount. And you probably would have selected a payout that would be quite substantial. Yeah. So effectively, your premiums, which is what you pay per month, direct debit, is going to have to have some reflection towards that. Yeah. Because that payout is guaranteed on something such as death, which is also 
guaranteed yeah. <laughs> although we don't have to think about it yeah, definitely <laughs> mm. so what are some of the kind of like misconceptions then people have or when you consult like the kind of questions that they ask that come up really often the key one is what we just discussed literally about okay. you know oh so if I don't if I so are you telling me okay so I recently done a policy for um, somebody who was happy to pay the premiums uh, for 80 years for their life cover they wanted their life cover to last to the age of 80. But yeah. then they were like, no, my father outlived 80. I'm gonna out, I'm definitely going to outlive my father. So does it mean if I continue to pay that I lose out on, you know, a payout, you know, if I outlive the age on, on, on the policy? And I'm like, yes, that's true. It's just one of those things. With insurance, it's basically insuring, covering a risk that will take place. But nobody knows the, the day the time. or the time. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. And um, yeah, so that's that's one of the key misconceptions when it comes to insurances is that whether, you know, all those premiums just go down the drain and do I get anything out of it? Well, we're not, it's not, um, not to know, are we? And it's not, sorry, say that again? I said we're not to know. So it's just something that you just have to put in place anyway as a foundation just yes, in case. To cover, yeah. to just cover the to cover the maybe area, to yeah. cover the gray area, to cover the unknown and the uncertainty and, and just rest assured that you've done the right thing and yeah. then live your life to the yeah. fullest. That's what I always say. So um, if someone does like, you know, if someone's older or they've got grandparents or parents that are older and they are coming up to the end of their current um, insurance, so say they're coming up to like the 80 um, bracket and then you know, can they extend? Can you renew? How does that work? Or do you have to start a whole new policy again? It's very hard for, um, unless you want to go for the best option for someone who's coming up for 80, for example, is just to move from the term life into whole of life. Okay. Yeah, that okay. would be the best, best for me. I, I mean, that would be my recommendation. Yeah. Okay. Definitely to just move from end of life. And because um, sadly, um, it's just something that is on average, the, the, the death age is around 80, 90 and so forth. The, um, the provider will reflect that in the premium because it's guaranteed. So whole of life has, actually doesn't have a, a, a cutoff age, mm -hmm. but because you're older and you're closer to what is deemed the age of passing away, it may reflect in the premium. It may be something that is a bit high because it's guaranteed and you did it so late. Yeah. That's why I advise to do whole of life, like in your 60s, right. 70s, okay. rather than closer to like 90, 99, 100. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It seemed as obviously a risk of them having to pay out the maximum a lot quicker as well. So it's going to be a lot more higher to pay monthly. Yes, yeah. yes. So basically what we can learn from this is that when you're in your 20s, and this is another misconception that is out there to answer your question, that, oh, I'm in my 20s, I'm living my life, I'm getting on with it, I'm thinking about, you know, what I want to do with my career, mm -hmm. whether I want to, you know, just maybe enjoy my life. I don't want to think about these things, but... Sadly, there's been, I don't know if you, you know, there's been so many young people that have just passed away from so many different types of health conditions. And um, some of them even have young children as well. And they're in their 20s. So it's really high time that we sort of dismiss the conception that, okay, insurance is just for old fogies or it's something you do when you're 30 plus and just start looking at it, being shrewd, being savvy 
and organizing and sorting it out whilst you're in your 20s so that it's peanuts and you've got a massive payout. I'm talking about payouts no less than half a million. And just rest assured that that, that's a premium. That's a direct debit that leaves my account that I'm not going to touch. I'm going to sort it out and forget about it the same way I do it to Sky, the same way I do it for O2, the same way I do it for, I don't know, Netflix. I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to respect it. And it's just going to continue with me forever. Yeah, definitely. And then that's the best, that's the best thing you could do for yourself in your twenties. Yeah. And even in your thirties, it's not too late. Oh, it's not too late. Yeah. I don't know why we can't my back. But, but the 30 crew respect. gets I'm left behind. <laughs> no, yeah, they just get left behind. Yeah. No, there's a lot of things happening in the 30s. Yeah. A lot of blessings in the 30s, I tell you. But it's true what you said, because I know for, especially in the black community, it's often at the point of death when you see, you know, sometimes... Um, everyone's kind of scraping around trying to cover costs of funerals or oh, um, there's properties it's, it's, it's being so sorted out and it just gets so political and it, even in, in political like, yeah <laughs> it's political because someone out of the woodwork thinks that they need to get access to this property and that you know it just it can it can get messy um even from experiences it gets really it's messy horrible. it's disgusting yeah. it's disgusting yeah so it can be just i've seen i've heard everybody knows somebody who's had some hassle hassle or some issue yeah. With regard to their family, some people not talking to each other, you know, you've got, and you know, bereavement brings people together. You may have a half sister somewhere you're not chatting to because yeah. something she's your mum or something like that. But then, when in 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 passing, in bereavement, it brings people together. People have opinions. When you have, when it comes to insurances, people may say, okay. Like, like you said, inheritance, oh, I want this property, or I deserve this, or give me back this T-shirt that belonged to this person, and other person be like, no, no, whatever. But what matters most is that in your living, that we learn, see, when you know better, you do better. We learn from what has happened in the past with mm-hmm. our social networks, with our society, and just literally do better and, in, and put things in place so yeah. that, you know, you've got an instruction, it's clear. Yeah, it's yeah. for certain people, it's for your dependents, and that's just it. Yeah. Nobody in their half sister is going to come and take this or do that. No, this is what's happening. My people are going to be okay, you know? And that's the best way. Even for those of you that might read your Bible, even the Bible says that a wise man leaves an inheritance to his generation. So and <laughs> I literally um, think that's so key. Um, yeah, it's that's so another key. angle. Yeah, right? That's it's... another angle of insurance. It's that it's a smart fund. Like people think, oh, I'm just paying money for nothing. And I, eh, these insurance companies, they're just ripping us off and all what's not. Mm-hmm. No, darling. For example, Royal London, one of the top UK providers, like literally has been winning um, best insurance provider year after year after year, pays out billions. Mm-hmm. You know, the insurance companies, yes, they make, they make an income, but they also have to pay out when, everything is dito dito on the policy it is law it's a legal binding document yeah so yeah it's very important for us to just open our eyes and not sort of live in the fear of our parents some of these stigmas come from like the older generation yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and lack of education and i think it's important now and and even if you know covid has been um a situation that's opened a lot of our eyes it, it's, it's necessary sometimes because otherwise like you said we would go about our lives and only in crisis then it's like okay what do I do now and I mean you wouldn't drive your car without insurance and then when you crash be thinking about who's gonna fix my car if it's not your fault so I, I just don't I don't okay, I yeah you know what I mean yeah. so it's it's so 
we so laxy daisy with our health and our mental well-being and and i'm guilty myself um but it's just really important and that's why i wanted us to have this conversation because a lot of people were starting to send messages about they're thinking about their health a lot more now you know they're seeing people that are in their 30s in their 20s unfortunately passing away because of covid or other things and so many yeah i think because it's so close to home now like you said once upon a time maybe it was your grandparent or someone that was older and you kind of expect it but this pandemic's really showed us that like death can happen to us all. Maybe it's, it's highlighted it more. It's not that we didn't know, but I think it's just an emphasis on any any time any of us can go, we don't know. So um, let's, like you said, let's just put things in place um, to make sure that we are not just grieving, but we're also, there's a piece in the financial side because that's just another stress. That you know what, needed. I wanted to make a point, right? Mm-hmm. If more of us within our communities would take up more insurance policies, Possibly the issues facing us as black women with regard to the rates of death in, you know, is it NHS care? Yeah, like childbirth, I believe, and stuff like that. Childbirth, perfect, thank you, wouldn't be so high because someone will cotton on to the fact that these people are switched on. They're like Jews. Mm. They've got something underpins them and it comes in lump sums of payouts. Yeah. We need to keep them alive. Yeah. It also, in insurance, the insurance company underpins a capitalist society in the sense that all the premiums that are being paid to the insurance companies are being stored away and put back into the into society in some shape or form. Yes, they'll pay you back, but it's business. And it kind of goes round in a circle where, by, you know, it supports other sectors and goes back to support the government, comes back out, you know, and then they pay you out and so forth. So if we are all sort of contributing and conscious of it, then I, I reckon there'll be more respect for our lives. Yeah, There will be shootings, both here in America and that, that there's got to be, we've got to demonstrate as a people that we care and we value our lives. Mm. You know, if we all had insurances, I'm telling you, a lot of things will change. Yeah, that's a really valid point and a, a very interesting perspective as well. And even like in line with that then, so let's talk about wills and then you talked about also trust funds. Could you just like elaborate a little bit on yeah, those so, things as well? You know, I was growing up, I'm, a, I'm an 80s baby and you always like, there was one point like during the reign of like Paris Hilton and stuff and, and, and they came on the scene, you know, pioneering um, reality TV um, and I was I was interested in it because it looked glamorous. Mm-hmm. But one thing I always remembered was that they are trust fund babies. And now I understand what that means, right? A trust, because of the industry I'm in, I've realized that a trust is like a mini will, right? It's the instruction on your on your life insurance policy as to how it will be distributed and who the beneficiaries are. Okay. So for example, my children, if each of them have a um, an amount on the, issued under their name, that then translates to them being trust fund babies yeah. because it's a it's a guarantee that mummy will depart one day. As I came, I will go. None yeah. of us are immortal. I think we just have to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> even me, as I say, I'm like, Lord, don't, don't do not, 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 not yet. <laughs> I mean, I always I have to, even though I'm in the industry where I talk about these morbid things, I'm always conscious of the fact that I do want to live a long life. Mm-hmm. You know, we all want to. But then at the same time, life is real. Yeah. Right. So I am so up for empowering more women to create 
trust fund babies. Yeah. I want to see my little girls live a little lifestyle of glamour in future and not have to worry about nothing and not have to depend on any man or like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. To literally be robust, savvy, smart women that could look back and say, oh, mommy did this for us. So we as tradition will do it for our own yeah. kids and then continue that for generations to come. Yeah, that's so yeah. important. That's so important. You're listening to the Career Coach Podcast, bringing you information, lived experiences and all-round career conversation. The trust, I think to answer your question, it's just a, it's a legal instruction um, to, 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 to distribute and to, um, to name who the beneficiaries are. Mm-hmm. It just makes life simple because yeah. it's all good having a life insurance. But what do you do when, you, when the person is gone and, you know, we find it in the drawer and do we go through probate probate it also it also probate is a long-winded situation it's not easy to really go through probate um it's when somebody's fighting to take over somebody else's accounts and their their estate okay which yeah. is and their estate is what they leave behind so any anything any debt any any asset any 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 credit that you have in place right um is 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 an estate that is left behind once somebody passes away so probate is having somebody who's in charge of all of that and that takes time and all of that a trust bypasses all of that and says hey this is the trustee uh she or he is in charge these are the beneficiaries they are going to get the funds and this is the split finished yeah and then with a will then what 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 additional things come under that will services are uh, wills are more specific with a trust, the difference between the trust and a will is that a trust is strictly, strictly insurance based. Okay. It's just strictly about the insurance payout and how that runs mm-hmm. and how, I mean, how that's distributed. Yep. Whereas a will could include her houses, commodities, assets, finance, you know, it's all, it's all detailed. It's all bespoke on everything. Okay. It's the last will and instruction, mm-hmm. but with regard to the payout from the life insurance, the trust is what depicts that and anybody who has a will or has put a will in place and has insurance would have been told to also do a trust for the insurances as well and so like what other type of um, insurances do you provide for anybody that's listening okay public liability professional indemnity sports insurances um, critical care cover private health care as well and commercial insurance okay I also do um, general insurance in the form of buildings and contents as well. And my core is life insurance, the critical care cover oh, mm-hmm. and the income protection. Okay, then. And if anybody mm-hmm. wants to find you, where can they look you up? You can find me on my website, www.missmoneymatters, all one word, .co.uk. That's where you can drop your details and I will contact you back personally and give you a free consultation. You can also contact me on Instagram at Miss Money Matters UK and on Facebook. I have a page there as well. It's called Miss Money Matters. Okay. I'll definitely obviously link it in the um the description so everyone can find okay. you as well. Um so as it's um women's history month, I just wanted to end by asking you, is there oh. any women in history that you have, you know, found inspiration from or, you know, that it, you admire? I am a British born Ghanaian. I'm going to have to go for guess. Do you know? No. <laughs> Yara Santua. Yara Santua. So Yara Santua is an Ashanti and that's the tribe that I am from. I've 
proud Ashanti girl. And she was a warrior. She was an activist. She was bold. She was courageous. And I feel like she's the like embodiment of strength, you know, um, and and just boldness as well. So um, for me, although she lived many, many years ago, she did exist. That's a fact. She comes from the tribe that I am directly from. And I am proud of her. Literally, what she did was this, right? So after many years of the colonization or the attempt to colonize um, the UK, I mean, Ghana by the UK, uh, the men had lost hope in the village Mm. in battling the intruder, the British, right? And um, they were seeking after some gold. They were seeking after some some power, just power and wealth. And she wasn't having it. She was like, guys, they've taken our king and we've sat there for them to, you know, to take him from one place to another. I'm not going to sit here for them to do what they want to do now. This time round, we're going to rally together and we are going to defeat these people. She empowered the men. She gave them the vim, the ginger that they needed Mm. in order to sort of deal with the enemy yeah. at that time because the morale was gone and all of that. And I just think, you know what, sometimes when I'm feeling demotivated and stuff, I need to just channel my inner yas and just conquer. Definitely. I have actually heard that. St- I heard of, or I've looked her up, but I didn't know that was her name. I couldn't remember it, but um, okay. yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely was encouraged by that as well. When my, um, someone in my circle showed me, the history and her story and um because i was even surprised there's not a movie about it to be honest like a golden stool or something I would I l- think, imagine yeah like i imagine. think it's i it's think needed. violet davis would have to play that yeah i think it just needs to be um it needs to come Documented out there. yeah because i think there needs to be a little bit more especially about uh african history not just the narrative of slavery there's a lot of powerful leadership and especially amongst women as well like there needs to be more more light shined on that as well so um that's amazing so yeah so thank you so much i hope um you know you guys make sure you check out miss money matters uk because it's so important for us to put life insurance and different policies in place so that we know that when you know when we're gone that you know those around us our loved ones they're all taken care of and um we're not worrying about we, we talk about generational wealth but it's not just yep. about, you know, buying a property and then leaving it. You need to even make sure that the right people get hold of those properties and those assets and all those things. So let's just yep. be a bit more. What's the word I would say? Let's be more assertive intentional. and intentional. Intent- yeah, intentional in our in our affairs, not just intentional about turning up and living our best life, but actually being intentional about the future and planning ahead effectively. I'm sure a lot of us have stories about you know grandparents and so forth dying and leaving nothing and you're just that generation that you're having to start everything from scratch and it's difficult so why do we want to continue that cycle so yeah let's do better let's educate ourselves and you need to contact miss money matters make sure (laughs) so don't forget guys you know if you want to get involved if you've got a career related question drop me a dm at it's cc podcast on instagram or check out the anchor app you can actually record a voice note there as well and until next time guys it's been great